Welcome to the Heart of Healing, the pandemic episodes. I'm your host, Tom Fold. In these episodes, we'll meet loving, talented people who, while coping with their own pandemic stress, are offering others understanding, compassion, love, and ways to relax and even heal under weight of the weight of current conditions. Listen with an open heart to those who, in this time of crisis, are offering their hearts and talents to us all. And I'm very happy today to have as our guest, Sandra Kochman, who is a realtor and a Reiki master and is known as the Reiki Realtor. Welcome, Sandra. Thank you so much for having me, Tom. I'm happy to be here. Well, it's a pleasure. I mean, this is a wonderful combination uh, of, of things. I don't know all of what you're going to say, but I have a feeling I have some of it. And I'm feeling that I could have used you when we made our big move from Manhattan to Jersey City to help with the tensions that were there. I, I imagine that's some of what you're going to say, but let me, I'll let you answer. Or tell me some about what being a Reiki realtor is like and how that came about. Okay. Well, I have been um, a realtor for the past 20 years. And I started my career in Manhattan and worked on the Upper West Side for many years. And then after relocating to Long Island, uh, I started working out in this market. And um, about four or five years ago, I was looking to add something to my career. And uh, through a suggestion of a friend of mine, I looked into Reiki healing. She thought it would be a good match for me. Um, she said that I'm a very nurturing and caring person and wanted me to look into it. So, so I took her advice. I did the Reiki level one uh, attunement. And then we stumbled into COVID. And so at that point, I did the level two attunement, which allows for distance healing. So this gave me the ability to send healing through distance and through Zoom because we were all stuck in our homes and I couldn't do any in-person um, practice. Then at the same time, I had taken an intuitive development class, which lent itself to my Reiki healing. So I started to do intuitive Reiki healing in person when it was permitted and through Zoom, which I still do today. Um, and I would say about a year ago, I was thinking about, I had two separate websites. I had my real estate website, my Reiki website, two different Instagrams, two different emails. And I was thinking that I needed to find a way to incorporate the two together, even though they seemed so dramatically different. Um, I gave it some thought and was able to incorporate the sensibility that I learned through the intuitive healing into the work I, I do with my buyers. I help my buyers to tap into their own natural intuition. I remind them to stay in the now moment and to focus on their breathing and get back into their bodies when we go house hunting so that they're not simply trying to decide where is the couch going to fit and, you know, look at the spreadsheet of information and weighing pros and cons. I want them to see how they feel in the space and how they react to the energy of, of their environment. Right. Well, that's wonderful. Now, how have people taken to that? I mean, you just suddenly, not suddenly, but, you know, become not just a realtor, but a realtor with a Reiki practice. How did, how did your either your, your company and or your clients take to all of this? Well, my 
the way I approach my clients is I don't um, jump right out at them and say, I do Reiki. Let me let you know how I can help you in this <laughs> transaction from a from an energetic point of view. Um, I start working with my buyers and sellers as any realtor would. And through the relationship, I start to incorporate some of the things that I've learned. Um, I, I'll tell you a quick example. I had a buyer who had seen several homes that all fit her criteria, but she couldn't decide which home she was best for her, which was which home was was the right one for her family. And she approached me and said, I have, I have this big spreadsheet with all the properties we've seen and all the columns with every, every aspect of each home. And I'm getting dizzy looking at it. And I said, okay, throw the spreadsheet away. Take each. Wait, that might have been taken a little harshly. <laughs> away. Okay, now I'll put it aside. I may not throw it fully away, but I'll put it aside. Then what? And I said, look at each home, close your eyes, take a breath, and see how you feel. I said, and do this for each of them that you're considering. I think there were three or four that she liked. And continue to do this as we see new properties. And envision your family living there, envision uh, hosting a holiday, envision the kids doing homework, you know, put yourself in the setting while your eyes are closed and you're thinking about how you feel in the space. And within two weeks, we had an accepted offer on a home after looking for months and months. How did you notice or did you notice with your client a change? She relaxed. She real. Oh, and I also told her um, that you'll, you'll get the house that's right for you. And if you don't get it, it's not the right home for you. Energetically, you will be attracted to the, the house that's meant to be yours and you'll know it when you walk in. So, um, she's a, she's a believer in, in the, everything happens for a reason thinking as well. So sometimes depending on my client, I'll get, I'll get a little more, uh, conversational in terms of energy and attraction and visualization and vision boards, depending on who it is. Yeah, well, oh. some clients I imagine are the ones that say, "Yeah, well, I'll get it. I'll get it. It all work out if I do enough work." And I mean, another thing that I do with my Reiki energy is I can clear space. So I can clear stagnant energy in a home. So one thing that I do for all of my buyers before they move in, uh, after the closing, I let them know that I'm going to do an energy clearing for the home. Because at that point, I've been in the home several times. And when I have a seller, I clear the energy before open houses, before people walk in. And then I clear the energy after the open house so that anyone who has been through the home has um, their energy has been cleared as well. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. For those who, uh, of us who do not understand quite what that means, what does it mean, clearing the energy? It's similar to when somebody uh, sages a home. It basically removes any stagnant energy or negative energy that could be lingering. Um, I did a, a house clearing for a woman who had just purchased a new home And she wasn't my client. I met her as a Reiki client and she asked if I could do an energy clearing for her space. So we did it through Zoom. She walked me through the home and I did it in the same way I would do a, a Reiki healing on an individual, but I went 
rather than from chakra to chakra, from room to room. And I could feel different types of energy in different rooms of the home. And um, when I do my Reiki healing and use my intuition, I will see visuals like in my mind's eye. And it was very interesting because in her living room, I saw it almost looked like it was raining upside down. And I interpreted that as, you know, negative energy leaving from the, the lower level of the home up into the universe and being transmuted into positive energy. That's lovely. We could get be happy to do that. I, I'd have to come over to our house. We bought three years ago. There's something around here somewhere that, that maybe needs to be lifted out. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's hard to separate these all out. Do you, do you have, what do you, where do you get the most call? I mean, right during the, first of all, during COVID, how does the real estate market do? I mean, how are you able to go to houses and see open houses and be there in person? Well, when for, we had the first lockdown in March of 2020, I'm in the state of New York, so we were not permitted to work for the first three months. Um, however, I did get very lucky in that situation because my own parents had just purchased a home for investment. And so they had become my client looking for a tenant. And I was not able to go show the home, but the, my client were, was my parents. So I instructed them anytime I got a call to go to the home, unlock the door and let the prospective tenant in. But we, I would coordinate with the other agent. The other agent wouldn't go either. They would send their prospective tenant. So I, I sent potential landlord and prospective tenant together to go uh, see the property and we were able to get it rented. But then after the first three months, we were able to start working again. So you able, it, it just feels okay to be going with people into houses? Yes, for, um, for a long time, we were... Well, we're still wearing masks, but we were wearing masks, gloves. Uh, the agent who was showing the home had to sanitize in between each group of people who went through, right. uh, clearing, cleaning off doorknobs. And we were right. only permitted to have one family walk through a home at a time. Right. Then we had to sign COVID disclosures, but business was getting done. People were able to see homes. We had to wait outside sometimes for quite some time to get in, but we were able to make some transactions take place. And actually the market's gotten very busy since the initial lockdown. Right, that I understand. And today, if you were doing this, would, would, would you have more than one, but not you, but would be more than one buyer going through the house at the mm -hmm. same time or they still keep the restriction of? It's not as strict, but Agents, if there's an open house, try to limit the number of people in the home. They'll generally let one group go through on one level and then send another group up to like the up. If it's a two story home, one group will be upstairs, one group will be on the main level, and then they'll switch, see the basement, go outside, bring in another group. We've gotten it down after two yeah. years. <laughs> so it sounds like you have not been hurt by the, um, I say hurt, everyone was hurt by the. Uh, pandemic, but in terms of being able to run business and stuff, has it had any other effect of the, of the? 
No, it hasn't affected um, the real estate market tremendously in terms of number of transactions taking place. Uh, we do we do have a problem with inventory. So there is not enough homes on the market for the, the demand. So there are fewer transactions taking place simply because there are fewer homes on the market. But the market is still strong. Interest rates are starting to creep up a little bit, uh, which may put some buyers out of their um, ideal price range. And that could cause a little bit of normalizing of the market between supply and demand. But I'm still seeing more people and not enough houses out are you, there right now. Are you seeing people from different areas than you were before since COVID? You can allow them to get in touch with you long distance and stuff and maybe even look at the house through Zoom. Uh, uh, I haven't necessarily had that much experience with people looking from out of town, um, but I am seeing more people looking for more space from Manhattan and the outer boroughs right. coming out to Long Island uh, because there's more, more people are working from home or working more from home and want to have a home office or a little bit more outdoor space. So there's definitely been more buyers from the city coming out to Nassau and Suffolk County. Um, interesting. Yeah, we noticed that too, that people were looking. There were places, I saw something in a, in a real estate magazine somewhere about some houses that had been on the market for three years and nothing, no one was buying. And then two months into the, the COVID, they were all gone. <laughs> yeah. The, the market changed. Now, in terms of buying or selling, since you, you handle either, What's your experience? Are the sellers more nervous or the buyers more nervous? Or, or can you tell the difference? Right now, the buyers are more nervous because there is not enough inventory and they often only have an opportunity to see a home once before needing to make a decision as to whether they're going to present an offer. And it, it's, it's difficult to go into a home in an open house situation, look around, <laughs> in 10 or 15 minutes and decide if you're gonna make an offer and know that most likely there's going to be multiple offers. So a lot of homes are selling at or above the asking price and they're still selling at and above the asking price. I've gotten into the practice of when I show a home at an open house, if I can, if I can tell that my buyer is interested, I'll ask the agent if there's already offers on the table and most of the time there already is. That's, that's interesting. That's interesting. And how can you help someone? Does your Reiki help you to help people through this, this tension? Because I think I, I can almost feel the tension as you're saying, you know, <laughs> I, they're not going to accept my offer. Well, outside of my Reiki practice, I do prepare my buyers um, for the, the state of the market. So they're aware. And I also make sure that they have their down payment available. They have their pre-approval. It's current. Um, they are in a situation financially, emotionally, and mentally ready to move forward. And I explain to them how quickly things move if their offer is, is accepted. And in terms of the Reiki, I, I use the Reiki energy to try to keep balance throughout the transaction with everybody involved in the transaction. I use the Reiki energy on the entire, the entire sphere of, of people involved. Well, yeah, I think that would be important because the other side, whatever, however you define that, you know, the, the seller or the buyer, but 
they're equally having their stuff and you can, you're only representing one of them, but if you can help smooth out the energy on all of them, that would be wonderful. Yes, I send the Reiki energy to everyone, everyone involved in the deal, buyer, seller, lawyers, agents, mortgage broker, title, contractors, inspector, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone ever notice it? I mean, uh, anyone ever say to you, what, I had some, something felt strange in that or it's good or something like that. No, it's just something, you know, it's something I regularly do. I think it's similar to when people like, go to bed and say prayers and keep people in their prayers. It's a similar act. I'll send the Reiki energy and I'll put everyone into, into the circle of my intention that I want the energy to go to in a similar way that people will keep their loved ones in their prayers at night. That's interesting. That's a nice, nice comparison. Thank you. And how do you use Reiki for yourself? Well, when I send Reiki healing energy to a client, I receive healing as well. So it's reciprocal. And I also um, do Reiki, um, a Reiki trade with my Reiki master every week. So wow. she and I connect every Monday and we, we share an hour of sending healing back and forth to one another. So I receive Reiki from my master every week and then I send her Reiki as well. So um, that's a nice practice that we are in. And occasionally what we've been doing recently is rather than just lying down and receiving the energy, we will be engaging in an activity where we are, are benefiting from receiving the energy. So this week she was working on doing some video editing so I sent the energy while she was editing. And then I was working on updating my website while okay. she was sending the energy to me. So yeah. it just enhances whatever, whatever we're doing. That sounds lovely. A nice benefit to have from, from your own business, helping yourself. Mm -hmm. That's delightful. Now, who are your Reiki clients? When I say who, I'm not looking for names, obviously, but age, sex, what, what do you find in that world that people coming to you for help on that side? I, my, my clients are very varied. Um, I, I have basically two sets of clients. I have people who find me organically through my website who just get on Google and are searching for somebody in the local area who want to come for in-person healing. So that's one group of clients that I have. And then another group of clients are people that I meet through relationships and networking and interactions who decide they want to um, have a session and, and experience it and see if it helps alleviate any blocks or relieve stress, anxiety, headache, tension, anything um, that they may be experiencing. And my youngest Reiki clients are my children. <laughs> my my little oh, one is are they volunteer clients or are they forced clients well my old my teenagers are the forced clients and yes. my my 10 year old is my volunteer she'll come home from school all dramatic and say oh it's been such a tough day I think I need Reiki ah, and um, I love it I love it she she's very very excited about becoming a Reiki practitioner herself She's um, looking forward to when I can attune her so she can do her own self-healing and heal her friends, the dog, 
her brother dog, and sister, yeah. her step siblings, anyone, anyone she chooses. Um, and the teens are somewhat different than that, I imagine. They just want to play with their video games. There are teens all over the world, just the same, all the same. And as you move along, how, right now, is it comfortable doing both as opposed to like, gee, I should really be doing realty or I really should be doing Reiki? Uh, it sounds like you're very comfortable in, in both roles and combining the roles. Is that the case? Yes, it's very fluid for me. Um, I don't there I don't see them in my day as being separate. I feel like it's just my job. That's just my job. I do Reiki and I do real estate. And even though um, they're different, the activities are different. It's just what I do. And I treat all of my clients, whether they be Reiki clients or real estate clients with the same level of caring and attention. So there is just people that I interact with. And some of them I help um, with their with their healing, rather, whether it be physical, emotional, mental or spiritual and others. I help find a home and I assist them in a little bit of a different way because we're looking at houses, but I treat everyone sort of with the same approach. So it doesn't feel like two different things for me. Right, right. That's lovely. I wanted to say, ask you something earlier because we're talking about selling and buying. My experience of, of the thing, and I just did this three years ago, but was that the selling was harder, emotionally harder. So you talked a little bit about buying and, and what mindset a person should have coming in. If you're to help a seller today, what, what mindset and how would you help them? What would you talk to them about? Well, with sellers, I, I approach my relationship with a seller in terms of finding out what their motivation for their move is. And we talk, we talk a lot about what their financial anticipation is, because that's generally the biggest question. You know, what is my house going to sell for? And I like right. to manage expectations because in this market, some people would be um, hoping to get more than maybe their home is worth because there are so many stories of houses selling for so much money. So I basically do comparables and look at what, what ideally their home would sell for and sort of manage those expectations and prepare them for if it's priced properly, we're going to have a lot of people and we may get multiple offers. If it's not priced properly, if it's too high, we're not going to have anyone come through and we're going to have to do a price reduction and try to keep the interest. So most of what I do when I work with a seller is managing expectations and trying to be as realistic as to what the process will be so that they can release some of that anxiety and stress and sort of visualize what may happen. And I just keep them, I talk through the whole process. You know, it's the same way I work with my Reiki clients and my buyers. I keep a very open dialogue and I answer questions. And I generally talk to both my buyers and sellers every day and I let them know what's happening. And I listen a lot. A lot of the time they just need to. Well, yeah, release. I mean, I think sometimes you need to talk about it. Um, on my own personal experience was it 
it was, I had been in the same place for 40 years. So I was selling something that I was like my life going. And while I was ready to do it, <clears throat> it also, I needed to talk about it some and say how important it was. And, and that if in my mind affected the price, even though the market had to dictate the price. But if I was going to do this, I wanted something. And the end was what I wanted, but I didn't know that. I kept saying, I want to have the price so that, so that I can do something wonderful, whatever that was going to be. Yeah. Turned out with the price we got, I got something wonderful. So that's fine. Wonderful. It, it would have, I think it would have been interesting to have someone who had that energy that you're talking about to, to share it with me, which might have helped myself and my wife be at more ease. And it's tension no matter what in something like that for a buyer and a seller. I think a lot of sellers, um, especially sellers who have been in a home for a long time, like to visualize who is going to be buying their home. What kind of buyer is it going to be? If they'll envision a family or they're envisioning somebody loving it in the same way that they did. But the transaction may not necessarily go to the buyer they're visualizing. It might be somebody buying for investment. It might be somebody without a family. It may be somebody who's going to use it for a completely different reason. So I advise my sellers to think more about where they're going rather than who's going to move into where they are leaving. Right. And well, how about a process? I mean, it all seems like a process, but there's you're selling and at some point you've sold it. And you have to let go of it. You have to leave it. You actually, and I, and I was told and it helped to, to say, go back and say goodbye to the apartment. And that was very helpful because first of all, it was empty. When I went back, it was totally empty and I could see the bones of it, but not, you know, all the pieces that were there before. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, it's ready. It's ready to leave. So that was helpful. Another thing that, um, I'm going to start doing with the help of my very talented um, boyfriend. He's an artist. I bought a house recently and he made a painting for me of the house that I bought. So when I am working with sellers, I'm going to start having him do paintings for me of the home that I'm selling that I can frame and give to my seller so they can take it to their new home and have a beautiful hand painted picture of the home that they had just sold that's a lovely idea that's very nice excellent excellent we're gonna you're gonna give him some more business too yes <laughs> <laughs> well that's wonderful and this apparently can continue no matter what hopefully we'll be past this particular covid time and that will change matters but how do you see the market this is hard real estate markets have always been hard to to, to predict, and I'm not asking you to, you know, go to the stock market and, and say this is what's going to happen. But what do you, what's your feeling about what's going to happen? I don't, this is what I think is going to happen. I think the interest rates are going to climb a little bit, which is going to remove some of the buyers from the market. Uh, it may help to stabilize things a little bit. So there's not as much difference between the supply and the demand, but I don't anticipate a change in prices. I think there may be a stabilization or just a slower increase in, in the 
in the um, value of the home sales, but I, I don't expect it to go down. I know some people are, are holding out and waiting for a downturn. I don't know if it's going to happen. Okay, well, they can wait if they if they can afford to wait. I mean, that's that's another matter, right? Well, I think no matter what, you have you're bringing a strong energy to any side, sell or buy, and that's lovely. That's lovely. So we're getting close to the end of our talk. This has been quite fun. Um, before we go, though, if someone who's listening would like to learn more, either about Reiki or, or real estate or both. Um, how could they get in touch with you? What's the best way for them to reach out to you? Um, they can send me an email. My email address is Reiki Realtor EXP at gmail.com. ESP? EXP. EXP. Oh, that's yes. right. That's my, I work for EXP Realty. Okay. So my email is Reiki Realtor EXP at gmail.com. And um, if anyone is interested in Reiki, um, or I actually am teaching a class on the 12 universal laws as well. And I do occasional meditation and Reiki circles. Um, I have all that information on my website, which is healinglongisland.com. Healinglongisland.com. Okay. Excellent. Well, that's wonderful. I thank you so much. And can you imagine now, now that you are where you are, can you imagine doing realty work without having the Reiki experience? It, you know, it's become such a um, seamless practice. It would, it would probably seem foreign to me, but when I look back in my career, a lot of what I do in terms of my coaching of my buyers and sellers is the same. So in, in a way I've always been using that approach, but I'm just incorporating a little bit more energy work into it now. You've been given another piece of, of I'd say, ammunition, which sounds sounds like a little bit strange, but <laughs> another, another another tool in your tool bed. Exactly. Encouraging people, helping people. So that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, thank you, Sandra, so much for being a guest. I really loved having you here. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Take good care now. Hold on while I do our stuff.